from baconhound.com and you're listening to off menu the podcast where i talk about food and sometimes not food with the chefs bakers restaurateurs and food producers that do all those things we love today's guest on off menu is guelph ontario cookbook author professional home economist and food network pioneer emily richards You might remember Emily from her lengthy run on the popular Food Network show Canadian Living Test Kitchen, and she dropped by to chat about her annual appearance at Christmas of November at Jasper Park Lodge, and her brand new cookbook, which is on sale right now. Wine for this episode provided by Gravinder Bhatia, owner of Vinomania, named one of Canada's top 20 wine stores. Today we're drinking a Barchier Brothers Gewürztraminer, which features bright, crisp, fresh, and vibrant aromas, and flavors of apricot, peach, citrus peel, apple, and spice. All right, so we got you hooked up with a glass of wine. Yep. And you're ready to roll? I am ready to roll. What do you think? How do you like the wine? I love the wine. This is great, kind of sit back, relax wine. Doesn't even need any food, although I would like some cheese with it. I think cheese would be good. We can get you some cheese. <laughs> no, I nope. have lots of cheese. We can get cheese. I had lots of cheese. Lots yeah. of ricotta cheese. Well, we just went to Corso 32 and we ate a whole bunch of ricotta, so I think I'm good for cheese. But if oh. you can eat another pound of cheese, we can. It was fabulous. We can work it out for you. It's going to be a long time for me to forget about that cheese sometime. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be back in a couple of days before you go home. You can get some more. That's true, I can. <laughs> so you're in town. Right now, you're in town to promote your new cookbook. Yes. What's it called? Para la Familia. And it's your second cookbook? It's actually my third. Your third. I had a self-published book in between my, my first and this one. And that one was called Get in the Kitchen and Cook, right? It was, yes. So what's the name of the second one? Oh, that the was first the second one. one. The first one was Italian Express. That one I didn't know. No, that one is that one was 10 years ago. So that one was a long time ago. That one's vintage. It's vintage. It's not in existence anymore. Really? <laughs> Sadly. But it's a great book. It was um, at Italian food, but weeknight meals. So it really fit the demand for a lot of people. And so, what's the new one? The new one is a combination of kind of new and traditional Southern Italian recipes. So some family recipes, but then some recipes with my twists on them, what I do at home for family and friends. Okay. So this is going to be the kind of stuff that, that the average person without being a chef will be able to accomplish, no problem? Oh, totally. There's um, one of my favorite recipes is a ricotta gnocchi that is dead easy and you can make it during the week. So if you wanted to have gnocchi on a Wednesday night, as long as you have everything in the fridge, you can make it and have it for dinner. It's super easy. Well, maybe we should have thought about that a little earlier. You could have just come over here. I mean, it's not a Wednesday night. It's a Monday, but... <laughs> we could do it on a Wednesday, though, when That's I'm right. back. Well, this is going to come out on a Wednesday, so <laughs> maybe when you come back, you can make ricotta for us. That'd be fine with me. Oh, I'd, I'd be happy to. That would be fun. Where is this cookbook going to be available? It um, should be available everywhere. Um, so online, um, in local bookstores and, you know, the big, the big bookstores too, chapters in to go. What is your favorite recipe in it? Oh, that's always a hard question. I know. That's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I answer with more than one recipe? Sure. My favorite recipes are probably the ones that I worked on with my grandmother. So, um, the Easter bread, which is an egg and raisin bread that took me a long time to, to kind of hang out with my grandmother, measure the ingredients, get the dough to the right consistency get her to stop so I could measure the ingredients and actually make the bread. So 
that is just the part of getting to the recipe being final and her tasting it and saying, she did actually say that mine tasted better than hers, but I think she was just being nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, breadsticks, um, which are tarali in Italian. And those, uh, ever since I was a kid, my grandmother's been making them. And it's just something that to me is part of my heritage and they're delicious. Um, just kind of like crispy bread that you mm -hmm. can eat with prosciutto and cheese or as a kid, and I still do it, I dunk it in my hot coffee and eat it because ah. it tastes so good. It's All right. Simple. You know what? I'm going to look that up in the cookbook and I'm going to make those because that's something I've never actually done. I've never made breadsticks before. No, it's oh. super easy. And you know what? We made them because they last so long. It's dry, so mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about it, you know, going bad or anything. You know what? You convinced me. I'm going to do that. Perfect. Your cookbooks are Italian. You're Italian. Yes. Every Italian I've ever met knows exactly what they love about Italian food and really? Italian cooking. Yeah, they know. Like they can, t they can always tell me right away. Instantly, this is why I love Italian cooking. It's usually because they have an Uncle Pasquale nearby. Yeah, that's good enough that this, is, <laughs> this is what you like. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair. It is. It's totally yeah. fair. I think, yeah, I guess I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, I guess I'm biased, though, because I'm in an Italian family, so we kind of know what we like. Specifically for Southern Italian food, I think it's the simplicity of the ingredients and the way the food gets prepared. We don't kind of go over the top. Um, if you look at, you know, a map of Italy in the south, the ingredients that they have are slightly different from the north. There's not as much kind of richness in cheeses and um, they don't have a lot of luscious cow milk cheeses and things like that. It's more based on goats and sheeps and um, the landscape of tomatoes and olives because it's so hot there and everything dries and, and grows so beautifully mm -hmm. that that's what the cuisine is based on. So to me, that's, that's very simple and ingredients that you can get anywhere. I actually really like what you said there about the simplicity, because when I think about really good Italian food, that's what I think is it at the same time, very simple, but also complex flavors because the ingredients are so good. And so that's what I love about it's it. It's true. And I think the added love that people put in when they make it, it's obvious. Hmm. So when you taste it, you know that that little bit of love went in there along with the cheese and the meat. And yeah, love and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> love on its own. It's and maybe good. some wine too. The wine has to be there too. There's lots of good of yeah. Italian wine out there. Yeah, there's nothing that wine doesn't help. <laughs> so speaking of family, you have a big family, right? Fairly large. Not my immediate family, but the extent of the, the Italian family is quite big. Mm -hmm. And then you end up with people that you're calling aunts and uncles that really aren't your aunts and uncles, but... Yeah, that seems to be an Italian thing too. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's uncle Sal or something. Exactly. That's... It's... Uh, a lot of respect that happens in the family. A lot of cultures do that where, you know, you're calling um, friends of the family, aunts and uncles yeah. or kumari and kumpari, which is godfather and godmother. Um, so in a friendly term, you'd say, hey, kumpa, which would be translated, hi, godfather. But it's really more of a friendly, like, hey, friend, how's it going? So, Family gatherings are your place? Are they kind of like I'm picturing really crazy, tons of people, ridiculous <laughs> amounts of food. <laughs> Like enough food that you guys will consume this amount of food in one sitting that generally would be a village for a week kind of thing. Is that kind of how it goes at your house for holidays? Yeah, for holidays, definitely. And um, I always like to kind of take on the reins and cook everything. But I'm always happy when someone offers to bring something. <laughs> However, I, I try to guide them and say, you know, what do you want to make? And make sure that it fits into the menu. So, But we do definitely keep it casual. We like to have, you know, a little bit of... Everything. 
I'll give you an example, though, of kind of where the Italian comes into play on Christmas. Okay. Most people have maybe turkey or roast beef. We have pasta because my dad's not a big fan of turkey. Um, he'll eat it, but he'd rather eat it after he's had a nice big bowl of pasta. And then we might have some goat or something like that in the sauce or lamb with an Italian spin on it. Or we'll do like roast rabbit and potatoes. And then maybe we'll have a turkey and roast beef on top of it. <laughs> so as long as he gets all his favorites, you know, it's, think, it's yeah. happy. It's, he's happy. Fair. Have all your favorites. And then at the end, well, fine. We'll just tack on a traditional Christmas meal at the end. Sure. We'll we have, have to make everybody stuff. happy. The kids want to eat stuff too. I mean, they like that stuff too, but you know, they want to have some, some of their own traditions, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to, to offer up. <laughs> In my family, anyways, I, my family... When we get together with my parents and and the extended family, we always do the traditional turkey and all that kind of stuff. But for Robin and I, when we have some holiday on our own where we don't get together with anyone, we never do traditional stuff. We never do do do? turkey. Do you do something fun? Honestly, I usually take the opportunity to just make something I've never made before. Last last holiday, uh, I'd never made porchetta before. So I got a big big pork belly and loin. (laughs) And there's two people. And sure, why not make six pounds of porchetta, right? That's, that's a great choice. Yeah. And then it was you have sandwiches time. for a few days afterwards. Right? That's the way to go. We did have a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> you could have went on the street and started selling them. Um, I definitely got some people, you know, you posted a picture on Instagram and people were maybe suggesting that they wouldn't mind a sandwich. Yeah. I think that's a great, see, Instagram is awesome for that. Yeah. See, maybe next holiday, that's what I'm going to do. I'll make a, a whole bunch, bunch of porchetta. Yeah. I'll just sell sandwiches on the street to other people who have no family to go to. That's a good idea. And then yeah. tell them to bring the wine. There you go. There's <laughs> <laughs> always an ulterior motive. Do your kids get into the cooking too? Are they into that kind of stuff? Or do they just let you do everything because you're the pro? <laughs> There's a combination of both. Yeah. When I ask them, they do. And then if I you know, want to do my own thing, they're happy to stay out of the kitchen. But the, my daughter loves making gnocchi with me. And I did that with my grandmother and my mom. And there's a few things that she won't make with me, but she'll make with my mom. Um, meatballs, for example. Every time I make meatballs, you know, you're standing there rolling the meatballs. Hey, Adriana, why don't you come help me? No, I'm okay. As soon as my mom shows up. Oh, is Nanda making meatballs? <laughs> She's there like nobody's business. So it's kind of nice because I did very much the same thing. I loved cooking with my grandmother and my mom would work and come home and we'd all eat at my grandmother's house. Um, it's a little different now with everyone being spread out, but I like that she's cooking with my mom. And the boys get in there and cook too. They're more of the meat. You know, they if it's a yeah. meatball, they want to make sure that there might be a steak behind it or something <laughs> like that. Or, you know, a roast pork. They're, they, they're all over porchetta, so you have to let me know when you do that because we'll be here. <laughs> all five of us will be here. <laughs> You're going to come all the way from Guelph. That's right. Just for porchetta. <laughs> That's true. It was pretty good. It was probably good enough. I would... That's probably a good idea. You should. I'm curious, come. what kind of pork did you use for it? I used a belly with the loin attached. Oh, yum. Yeah. It's kind of nice to know some butchers in town. You yeah, that's to, a nice big help for sure. Yeah. If you have to go to Safeway, you can't get anything like no. that. The other reason you're in town right now is you're heading out to Christmas in November again. I am. It's been quite a few years that you've been doing that, right? How many yes. years now? I can't remember, but I, de- I know it's definitely over a dozen. Wow. <laughs> over a dozen under 20. Does that make sense? Yeah. Somewhere oh, in there. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a fabulous time. I love Christmas anyway. So to get it started earlier, I know that's probably terrible to say, but <laughs> I'm all over it. It's awesome. It's okay. We're still talking, you know, November, at least you're not talking September and going to do Christmas. That's stuff. true. That's... Yeah. That would be a little bit 
harsh. That's and a little I think much, yeah. Difficult to handle. I'm pretty jealous you've done that so many times because we went last year for the first time and we had a blast. We had so much fun. It is. And this fun. year we're not going, so I I'm know. kind of sad now. I'm watching everybody talking online about going and excited to go and I feel like check we have out to figure out a way to get you guys there. Yeah, it just doesn't seem right now. I know. I feel Maybe entitled I like either. I should be there. Maybe I shouldn't. You go. should protest. Just hold out. <laughs> Say, look, I'm not coming. Elizabeth might have an issue with that. <laughs> Maybe you guys need another helper. That's true. I'll, I'll ask her. I'll give her a call later. Yeah, just for, like you can pretend we are, because we're all going to want to come too. Um, <laughs> so no pressure, but we just doubled the commitment now. Okay. Well, she can have a helper and I can have a helper. So yeah. technically we need two people. Yes, you guys need two cabana, one cabana boy. <laughs> and Robin, are you a medical professional of some sort? Probably, yeah. She could be the wine girl. Yes. Keep the wine flowing. Sommelier. <laughs> that'll work. I think that'll get us in the door. Although I'm not sure they check ID, so I might be able to just show up. You know what you could do? You could do podcasts from there with all the chefs. I should. You should. This is the greatest idea. <laughs> so last year, you guys, uh, you did cookies. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of cookies. We did a lot of cookies. And we took a lot of cookies home. When you guys weren't looking at the end of your presentation, <laughs> we filled a big bag full. I don't know if you knew that, but we did. I think I saw some walking out of there. Yeah. Um, we have no shame. That's we don't okay. even care. I hope they tasted good, though, because they, they were out there for a few days. So you might have... <laughs> Doesn't matter. They didn't last a few days after we took them, put it that way. <laughs> you needed them for the journey back. We did. You know, it was a long walk back to the room. Mm-hmm. And that's why you sometimes need cookies. That's what we always tell people. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing this year? We're doing uh, sweet and savory pies and tarts. So a combination of kind of little um, bite-sized appetizers and tarts. Anything from a butter tart to kind of an Italian twist on a pie, which is a crostata. Yeah, I'm really jealous that I'm not going. You guys are going to be making all these tarts and pies. You know what would make pies? my ricotta crostata so much better? Some of that ricotta from Corso 32. I just thought about that right now. Well, we can send a message over there and say, <laughs> I need 10 pounds of ricotta. I'm sure that'll go over really well. <laughs> What's your favorite thing about doing Christmas in November? You think, man, I can't wait to get back to Jasper and do this or see something. The scenery at the lodge is fantastic. That's the first thing I think about. It is. It's absolutely stunning. I don't think there's anywhere else I've ever been or that I know that you can walk out and see the mountains and the lake and just the surroundings around there. It's such, it's, it's so peaceful. And even with all the craziness going on of doing the demos and seeing everybody and, and the events that happen, there's a sense of calmness and serenity there, which kind of makes it all worth it, which is kind of nice. But I think my favorite part is, besides obviously being in Jasper, is seeing all the people and the excitement of what the holiday season brings. Because you're talking about Christmas in November, hence the name, but you're really getting people excited about going back home and getting ready for the holidays, which I think is huge. Yeah, I think you leave there and you've got a whole bunch of ideas on things to make. And a lot of it, even though a lot of it was Christmas themed, there's a lot of stuff there that I thought, this is great info for year round because I went to Dale McKay's pasta session last year. I had never made homemade pasta before. And so I went to that session and I thought, well, this is not hard. I went up and helped them make tortellini and I thought, okay, this is perfect. So actually two days after we got home, I came home and I made tortellini for the first time ever. That's great. It turned out fantastic. I thought that was a great little session. And I think having that kind of in-person demonstration and then being able to talk and sometimes do with with the presenter is huge and a lot of these people are people that you might have seen on television or you've got their cookbooks and now all of a sudden they're there you're hanging out with them and 
And I think a lot of people really admire them and then see, you know, to see it live in person. Because for a lot of people, they're just figments on the screen, right? So yeah, you know, no to see them as a real, as a real person and that you're learning so much from them because it's different. It's very intimate as opposed to kind of being in a group because all the pres presentations are so small. You're not in like this big group of 500 where, you know, you have to shake your hand up in the air and say, pick me, pick me. But you can actually have a conversation with these people, which is really cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the coolest parts for me anyway. I really, I really enjoyed that because when you're in there, it's maybe 30 people at the most in most yeah. of those sessions. So I remember thinking, Someone I watch on TV quite often, you know, I, I go into Lynn Crawford's session thinking, man, I've watched her in so many shows and it's kind of cool. I'm just, I'm sitting in front of her and yeah. we're just talking, we're shaking hands, we're chatting a little bit. She's so super ridiculous. Yeah. And then you friendly. get to have dinner with them and, yeah. you know, and hear them speak and, and find out a little bit more about them and mm. their personality, which, you know, on television, you don't necessarily get that because they have a job to do. They have to get this information out or they have to, you know, cook that certain recipe. So it does give people kind of an inside look at the personalities and the food that they like. Yeah, I think one of my other favorite parts is when you're not in the sessions and you're just kind of hanging around the lodge, it's not like all the big name celebrities that are there. They don't all just run back to the room and hide and then just come out for their session and, and pretend like nobody else exists. That's what I thought was awesome about it is that you yeah. just walk around the lodge and, and all the big name people from the Food Network are all just kind of hanging around there. Even you were hanging around there. That is the first <laughs> time that we had met as well. That's right. Yeah. Former Food Network celebrity yourself. It's, um, and it's now kind it's of celebrity nice. in other ways. but Yeah, it's it's nice to have that. And, and again, it's when you're walking around and they want to enjoy the atmosphere as much as all the guests, right? Mm. So it's nice to, to see them as, as real people. And I, over the years, because many of the presenters are the same, I as well have gotten to know them a bit better. So it's nice to, to have that friendship with them. And, you know, if I need something, I usually email them or, or call them and say, hey, can you help me out? And, and to know that we have that relationship over a number of years is, is great. Yeah, you know what? I mean, we had never been before last year, and I remember thinking to myself, it's 950 bucks and it's three nights. Boy, that seems like a lot of money. But after going last year... Do you think it was worth it? I thought it was worth every penny. Yeah, no, I, I, what, I What you don't realize is that, it's, sure, it's 950 but it includes everything. It's it's a great place to stay. It's a great it's great scenery there. There's So there's lots of stuff to do. Your day is full of learning. It is. So there's a ton of stuff. Like, it's not like you just sit around doing nothing. You're no. always in a class or going to something mm -hmm. or there's there's a cocktail reception or something. And, and it's all the meals. Covered. Like you're going in there, your room is taken care of, like everything is covered. You really don't have to think about what am I going to have for dinner? It's all taken care of. For I you. did not drop one nickel. Yeah. And it's, and I think that's, it's kind of a nice little getaway to do that. And again, the atmosphere that you're in, the area is spectacular. It's kind of breathtaking when you're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a really worthwhile experience. I, I couldn't quite believe it because I fully went expecting, okay, I think this, this will be okay. I'll think it's, I'll think it's overpriced, but it'll be okay. And I came out of there thinking that was worth every nickel. That was That's awesome. Good. That That's was a great, a great experience. That's a great thing to, to walk out of there. Mm -hmm. So I like to finish off with a little thing I call the popcorn round. So it's a whole bunch of little rapid fire questions. That I have to answer? Yeah, you have to answer. And Can like, I I'm gonna, pass any of them? <laughs> you can, but... But all, then all you're really doing when you pass is it's going to be an awkward silence because I'm oh. not moving on. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, well, I hope I have the answers to all of them then. Oh, they're super tough. Okay. Like the first ones, you're going to see. The first one's really, really easy. Okay. And then by the end, it's I'll like advanced mathematics. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I hope it's not trick. It's going to be terrible weird. at trigonometry. 
Do you need more wine first? No, I'm good. Are I you have, sure? I still have some in here. Okay. Just making sure. I won't gulp it down unless you ask me something really awkward. Oh, boy. I've got to get some more. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Coffee. Summer or winter? Summer. Another good answer. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Cats. What is your least favorite type of cuisine? Oh, that's a Is there one that one. you don't like? Um, I'm trying to think if there's one that I haven't tried that maybe I, I could answer that with. But I don't know that I don't. I try everything. Sometimes there's things I, I dislike, but it's it's usually because of the context it's, that it's in. But I'm pretty open to eating anything. Like I had, you know, sweet breads and all those other lovely things that okay. I quite enjoy. My usual answer to that question is Chinese food. But <laughs> but what I I preface that by saying I'm not talking about real Chinese food here. Canadian I'm talking Chinese about food? the deep fried junk. Oh. That you get at every third restaurant. The one where you can get a hamburger and fries at the same place? Yeah. Yeah, chicken chow mein and chicken fingers. No, that's that's not for me. Favorite movie? Oh, Big Night. I never even heard of that. You don't know Big Night? I don't. That's like a classic food movie. What? Yes. Oh, is it on Netflix? I don't know. I'm going to have to find it now. Robin, that's your job. Find that movie. It's, it's about two Italian brothers, Primo and Secondo, and they're in um, America. can't remember, in the 50s maybe, and they have like a classic little Italian restaurant where they serve risotto as like a meal, not as a side dish. And there's a big, you know, Italian-American restaurant across the street that they're competing with. So All right, I'm going to look that you up. You have to totally look it up. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And the music's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sing us a little bit of it? Um, no. Okay. It's Louis Prima is, is a lot of the, um, he's the, that's that guy that sings that, um, oh, I'm trying to remember it, Mambo song. Hey, Mambo. Oh, yeah. Okay. One. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the movie. Well, he sings it. good thing you're talking about the music now, because the next question is, what song is queued up on your iPod right now? Oh, you know what? This is going to sound really bad. Good. <laughs> <laughs> They're Christmas songs. Well, you're going to Christmas in November. That's not so bad. <laughs> I had Andy Williams playing on in the car. All right. <laughs> Classic Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what is the one cheese you could not live without? Oh, ricotta cheese. Ricotta now, right? <laughs> totally. I, I can go with that. Do you have any phobias? Oh, phobias? Yeah. <laughs> My phobia is that I'm going to get um, eaten by a shark. I don't like, I'm not, I'm not, I can't swim. Got a lot of sharks in Ontario? No, I don't think so. (laughs) But when I was a kid, the swimming instructor thought it would be fun to try to keep me up. And she kept telling me that there was a shark underneath me. So just stay, keep your, keep your butt up. Yeah. So I'm not a big fan of swimming in water. That sounds like a horrible teaching technique. Yeah, it wasn't good. I've taken out lessons to try to fix that, but. Yeah, the whole. I just, I have people into Yeah, so my phobia is, is really deep water. I can totally understand that. <laughs> what was your first job? My first job was at my grandfather's shoe store, dusting the shelves where all the shoes were. I was about eight or nine. And my right. mom and grandfather worked there. So on Saturday mornings, I worked for donuts, though. So I didn't actually get paid. That's what that's I still do now. technically a job. <laughs> <laughs> I still take out my salary in donuts. <laughs> what is your kitchen kryptonite? Hmm. I don't know if I have one. You're just good at everything. You're no, one of those people. I'm not good at everything. I just, <laughs> I don't know that 
because I always want, I try every, like I try to do everything, right? So I try to not make anything. Yeah, that's me. If I'm terrible at something, that's probably what I'm going to make the most. So I'm not so terrible at yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Used to be eggs for me. Really? But now I'm okay with eggs. Like to make the perfect omelet? or was An it omelet. Yeah, it was eggs? horrible. Yeah, I still like, haven't perfected an omelet. I, w- I wouldn't say perfected for me, but <laughs> <laughs> I usually wreck the first one and then the second one comes out okay. So who do you give the second one to? Well, Robin always gets the second oh, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you cook, you always give the best one to somebody else, right? right? And you eat the junky one, mm-hmm. the one that breaks or you burn or whatever. So most meals, I end up eating the, the terrible part of it. I remember getting rid of a lot of omelets when I worked in a restaurant. The, the chef that I had, he was very mean. And so he wouldn't let the omelets go out until they looked a very specific way. And the whole no little bit of brown or anything on them and all that. Yeah. I don't I, even care about the classic I thing. Like, I just want I it like to fold. That. I like that little bit of brown. I think it's kind of a nice color. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it either. Yes, Although the whole good. omelet with no cheese in it, I don't understand really either. And that, that's well, not just for me. have scrambled eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the point. What's your favorite dish to cook for company? Braised short ribs. Oh, yes. And I like to use beer, like a dark Yes. Beer. And yeah. I, I usually yeah. make a creamy polenta. Instead of mashed, I mean, everyone can make mashed potatoes, right? But I like to make a nice creamy, cheesy polenta to serve with it. That sounds really good. I'm hungry I'm, I'm super, all of a sudden. I'm super full right now, but I kind of <laughs> want some of that. Your ideal vacation, mountain, beach, or city? Hmm. I'd have to say city, as silly as that may sound. but it doesn't sound silly to me at all, actually. I just think that in the city, it, well, depending on what city, but a lot of cities have a lot to offer, particularly great food and great activities and... I think the city might might win for sure. I hear you. <laughs> you might have already kind of answered this, but what would your last meal be? My last meal. I'm going to have to go back into the vault for this one. We actually did a, a show on Canadian Living Cooks called Desert Island Cooking. So basically, if you were on the desert island, what would be your last meal? And I chose my grandmother's veal cutlets and tomato sauce. Mm. Just because it's just a nice, simple dish and then you have all that tomato sauce that probably would make you know the palm trees and the sand taste good (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that's probably still you know when you can just cut the veal cutlet with a fork yeah and enjoy that nice kind of melt in your mouth quality is there a little bit of something more than the food to do with that as well because i know somebody asked me that question actually once before and i remember i answered it my mom's turkey dinner yeah and was it the greatest food ever not really but there was way more to that meal than just the turkey. And so that to me is, if I could have that again, it's the whole feeling and everything that goes yeah. with it. That I think, that I think food memories are, are very big. And I, and to me, that's part of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this cookbook. I mean, I still have a lot of food memories and lots more to, to build on, but it's good to have people remember those and then build on them and then hopefully recreate those recipes. They don't have to be your mom's or your grandmother's. They could be the neighbor down the street. If you really like her pierogies, ask her for the recipe. Make them with her and, you know, build on that because after that person's gone, you still have that recipe. And not only do you have a great recipe, you have the memory of that person. You have a great memory. Absolutely. If you could add one talent to your repertoire, what would it be? Singing. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember Pasquale? Um, he He had, he was an Italian chef. 
and he sang in the kitchen and he'd sing Italian songs. Does that? Do it, it rings a bit of a bell. I can't remember. But his you'd last have to name. sing a little bit for me. I know to... he would always sing these like weird Italian songs that I think my grandfather would sing. And he just, he'd always cook these amazing Italian meal. Uh, there, he'd be drinking wine and pouring wine and the very Julia Child-like. But the one thing that always stood out was that he was singing. I don't know that he was a good singer, but he had the confidence to not only cook, but to sing at the same time. I yeah. don't know that too many people can do that. <laughs> Honestly, I envy people who do things that I can't do like mm-hmm. that. I can't, I'm, I'm that guy who can't even go do karaoke. Like I'm just no way. Do you way, sing in the no car chance. though? Like if you're by yourself, do you sing oh, in the car? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. me too. Even, even sometimes when you sing in the car though, I'm like, oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> and I know it. And, and I stop when I get to a red light in case somebody pulls up next to me. But yeah, no, I envy those people who can go. And especially if they're, if they're horrible mm. and they still get up and do it. Yeah, and they're like, sure. I don't care. I'm going to have fun. Man, I envy that. Yeah. Well, there's people that are, are like that in the kitchen too, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's awesome. If you, you know, try and try again. Yeah. Eventually you're going to succeed. Exactly. I'm going to go have some fun and I don't care what people say. That's right. Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a singing contest later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the toughie. If you were to eavesdrop on a conversation about you, what would you hope to hear people saying? Oh. That they like my food, that they like my stories, and that they are actually cooking recipes that I've made. Because to me, that's like the biggest compliment that I can get when someone says, hey, I made your recipe and everybody loved it. Or, you know, your cookbook has stains in it because I use that recipe so much. To me, that's huge. I don't have a restaurant where people can come and, you know, I can cook for them. So the fact that they're letting me into their homes in a different way is um, is really nice. So if, if that... Got, got me some recognition, that would be awesome. Yeah, I uh, honestly, I think that might be the best compliment anyone could get. If you write a cookbook and you went into someone's house and you just happened to see it there. It always gives me goosebumps. Amazing, yeah. It, it gives me goosebumps to think that if, you know, I walk into someone's home and, and see the cookbook on the shelf or the actual cookbook on the counter being used is even amazing too. So mm-hmm. it's cool to get into people's houses that way. <laughs> Emily into your home, you can do that very easily just by picking up her newest cookbook, Per La Familia, which is available right now. More information about today's wine and Vinomania can be found in the show notes at BaconHound.com. Special thanks as always to Mrs. Glass for the fantastic theme music for Off Menu. Until next time, remember, life's too short to eat shitty food. Mm-hmm.